All right, everyone. Welcome to episode number 14 of the MCW cast. I'm Tara, and I'm joined here by... Dan McDevitt, and we, unfortunately, are short one host. And um, we like to send our condolences. Larry, um, unfortunately, had a family member pass away, mm-hmm. and he's going to be unable to join us this evening. So um, make sure everybody sends our condolences to his family as we do Mm -hmm. that's right so we'll miss your presence here today um and we do send our condolences so episode 14 yeah here we're we're rolling through uh last week we had a lucky 13 on april 13th now here we are almost through april it's been a heck of a month uh we had of course wrestlemania this month and uh, for those of our fans who went down there in person, we'd love to hear, you know, your experiences there. What did you think of it? I know it was like a week's worth of WWE programming, not to mention all the other, you know, side promotions running things down there that week. Right. And I didn't realize until after. I guess they did a lot of things like Hall of Fame without the fans. So they did WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I guess the WrestleMania shows, but then they did a lot of things without the fans. I guess they were just trying to find that happy medium. Right. Um but I would have figured since they were doing, you know, fa- I would have, you know, I would have thought, I guess, they would have had some of those things with fans in it. Since they were yeah, I mean, that's one that, <clears throat> I, I mean, I've been to a few WrestleManias, and I've never gone to the Hall of Fame, and I could have. I just, <clears throat> that's one that I'm okay watching on TV, because, you know, you, you get those people that sometimes go on for a long, long time. <clears throat> and I, I wonder if that's part of the reason that Vince decided to do it that way, because mm-hmm. things were more streamlined down. Right. Um, yeah, and people just couldn't go on for an hour. Yeah, which, I mean, when you're watching it at home, that's fine. You can get up, go do something, make yourself a snack, press fast forward. But when you're stuck there live, you're just stuck there. You know? Right, right, right. So I, I, I think that was a good call on their part, you know. What do you think? You think WrestleMania is going to, you think this has kind of changed things? It's always going to be a two-day? You think they kind of changed the format probably for the way it's going to happen? I mean, it didn't feel like it was any shorter. That's the thing. I mean, I've been there, you know, again, live, and I've sat in my seat for seven and a half hours before, and that's a long commitment. I don't really feel like spreading it out over two nights was that much less of a commitment, to be honest. Like, right. it was just a, a pretty long show. I mean, of course, night one, you had the <laughs> rain delay, so it felt a lot longer. But, you know, you're still, you know, four or five hours in. Right. So, And then, of course, if you attend live, you're getting there so much earlier and things like that. So... Yeah, it was great that it was I, – I, I like having it two nights. I know we talked about this in regards to the Shamrock Cup, and I right. don't like them. <laughs> I don't like that being two two nights. But for WrestleMania, I think it does kind of make sense, and, you know, it spaces it out a little bit. Yeah. I'll tell you what I'm not a fan of, though, the Peacock channel. I haven't – Um, I didn't get a subscription to that. Yeah. I heard a lot of people not really caring about it or caring for it. Well, I mean, it's, it's fine, the channel itself, but – the fact that they've taken away, um, you know, and you're not able to start an episode late. You know how, like, on the WWE oh, Network, yeah, you could start it a little bit late. So I might join a, you know, a pay-per-view or whatever, and you get the option of watch from the beginning or watch live. And so, you know, if it starts at 7 and I get home at 7.15, I just go back and I'm 15 minutes behind, you know, and I start live. Well, Peacock doesn't give you that option. You're just, you, when you turn it on is where you start. Now, when they put the replay up later... You can go backwards right. and fast forward and all of that stuff. And actually, I will say the fast forwarding speed was quite fast. I think it goes up to like 96 times. So that was nice that you didn't have to painfully slowly scroll through it. But, yeah, I just would like the ability to be able to do something to the live programming. Start it when I want to or pause it or what have you. Right, right. Unfortunately, so. I didn't 
I didn't check it out. Um, I got to get back into wrestling mode, I guess. But there wasn't anything <laughs> for me that really triggered me to want to really watch WrestleMania. Yeah, um, I, I watched, you know, some of NXT. That was, you know, pretty good. Again, that was two nights as well. Um, I don't know. It was it was a lot to watch. Well, last week's episode was fun mm-hmm. of, of the cast. Um, I just, I had a blast, like Earl, Rich, and Nat. Um, obviously, going all the way back 20 years ago, I thought it was... Um, I thought it was a really good conversation. Yeah, I thought so, too. And I got to give props to Rich for monitoring his language throughout the entire program. Yeah, I know Tara <laughs> if you was know Ramblin' out. Rich, yeah. you know that uh, we had our finger on that beep button the whole time. So Yeah, he didn't even let one F-bomb drop, I, did he? I don't think I've ever had a conversation with him where he didn't, to be perfectly honest. I almost felt like something was missing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you wrote him pretty hard, like, leading up to it, so I think he was really kind of a... Uh, I think he was kind well, of... Well, I didn't want to make more yeah. work for the editing team, you know? Right, right, <laughs> right. So, well, um, we continue. It's been interesting watching um, our podcast platforms. It's been continuing to um, to grow every week, I noticed. In, yeah. Brazil. Mm-hmm. People are listening to us in Brazil. Um, in fact, we are now number 87 in the wrestling category on Apple Podcasts. Are we? we I didn't are. even look at that. I, I was hoping you hadn't checked your email yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that what I, it told yeah. us? Mm-hmm. We is are number 87 in, wrestling, in the wrestling category on Apple Podcasts. So, um, you know, Apple Podcast is w- just one of the many ways that you can check us out. Um, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Breaker yeah. Radio Public, CastBox. And, of course, you can watch the stream um, on Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. Um, YouTube. Yeah. And if you are digesting um, on one of those podcast platforms and listening to the audio version only, there's definitely good reason for you to click on over to our YouTube channel. Just search MCW Pro Wrestling on YouTube and make sure you hit the subscribe and the notifications button um, for other content that we put out like our Flashback Friday match of the week. Um, even though we're not doing live events, but we're getting closer, we still kind of put out um, content each week. And this week, um, this past Friday, the Flashback Friday match was Renee Michelle versus Tessa Blanchard. Correct? Mm-hmm. That was from Autumn Armageddon Tour in 2014. So right after we uh, opened back up again, actually. Yeah, before, mm-hmm. before Renee Michelle really started getting out there and also like mm-hmm. right when Tessa Blanchard was kind of starting to get hot on the indies, like yep. 2014. So... Um, and those two always had good chemistry, mm-hmm. I thought, um, in their matches. They wrestled a couple times for us. So definitely go check out that flashbook, mm-hmm. Flashback Friday <laughs> and um, subscribe to the YouTube. And mm-hmm. uh, make sure uh, Facebook, too, if, you're, if you uh, use Facebook. Yeah. And follow you know, us if you Facebook. have questions for us on those social media platforms, you know, hashtag um, Ask MCW Cast, and we'll see your questions. We'll read them on the air if we, you know, if we see it in time, and uh, that's a great way to communicate with us. So we want to know what you are thinking about. Right. Um, another way that you can help support us, of course, is uh, buy me a coffee. Um, we've got a new supporter this week, Rebecca Underwood. Thank you so much for your support. She bought us five cups of coffee last week after the uh, episode with the Holy Roller. So we really appreciate your support. Um, now you can join the monthly uh, subscription club too. It's $5 right. a month, right, Dan? Mm-hmm. Yep, $5 a and, month. And um, you'll get uh, inside access to ask our guest questions. So we'll read those on the air to our guests. Um, and we have some other things planned for our coffee club members as well. So, okay. Absolutely. And uh, we got to get ready to take a break. Yep. But 
This week's episode is going to be interesting. I bet it will be. <laughs> we had um we have a new uh show that started airing on our YouTube and Twitch and Facebook channel mm-hmm. called The Road Back and um hosted by Kim and Nicole mm-hmm. who are longtime um MCW fans will remember Kim as Candy. Who you had a past history with. Oh, yeah. We had the longest running feud. <laughs> but not much, uh, not as much of a history as I had with her. This is true. So, wait, is this another couple's episode? <laughs> so, we had a cu- the last couple of weeks, we had um, successful couples yes. episodes um, with, a, with a pair of um, successful couples that have made it in pro wrestling. So, this week, the fans will get to see an unsuccessful couples episode. Right. As uh, as Kim was my wife for uh, three months, I think, in 2000. It wasn't too long. Maybe it like eight months. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we had a like good run long. dating. We had like this eight years true. dating. This we, is um, true. All right. So, well, now that out. we've set the stage for that, uh, uh, I'm sure our fans are expecting a little drama there. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will be joined by uh, Kim, and no- Kim and Nicole. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. And we are back with our guests for episode 14, Nicole, one of the hosts for the brand new Road Back series in MCW, and Kim. (laughs) Hello, dear. Warm welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I nervous? (laughs) How are you? I'm great. Now, you all have sat across the table before together, right, yeah, at, the, uh, yeah. at the divorce proceedings. <laughs> so it should feel familiar, right? <laughs> We've done this before. Yes. yes, we're both real comfortable here. We are. And we don't need to call in a mediator, right? We're going to be able to handle this like adults? Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to be good. Okay, I, think I mean, like, be good. a significant amount of time has passed, hopefully, so. You have Just my life? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're good. So how are you guys doing? Great. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a little more nervous. And we're squad. excited to have you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're I feel excited very to have welcomed. you. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm against my ex-husband and my arch rival. Yeah, uh, that's true. That's can I move a little closer to on, my partner? That's why we're on this side of the table. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> we promise not to gang up on you. Well, I've got a partner. I'm fine. We're even. So, oh, so mixed tag? Is that what you're saying? Yep. Right now, there's we- a ring. I'm ready. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm in. (laughs) So, you guys, um, on a serious note, um, it's good to have both you guys back, really. Thank Um, you. Nicole, as um, some of our fans may not know, Nicole was a student training, um, doing some training. And um, so the road back, it's it's about a lot of the talent coming back. Um, and being off for a year with, um, you know, the pandemic and everything that was happening. But it's it's it actually has, you know, more than that, because it's it's a road back for both of you guys, too. Obviously, you know, Kim um, was a big part of MCW um, back in the late 90s and early 2000s. The fans remember as Candy and Nicole yourself. You know, the fans never got to see a lot of you because you were training, but you took a little time off. And now you guys are coming back to host the show. Absolutely. I'm very excited to be back. And although the fans may not know me personally, I was very present in the birthday party. So I do have some sort right. of a fan base already. 
uh, just mini ones. Right. She's but big on the birthday <laughs> circuit. Right, right. <laughs> hey, we, we, we hey. have more people that show up for a birthday party than some indies, so, <laughs> yes. you know, don't knock those parties. <laughs> yeah, the birthday the birthday circuit for us was huge before everything, before the world got lit on, lit on fire. But we're getting back there. I got three in the next couple of weeks, so, you know, and two of them are uh, from past parties, so they're coming back, so... Um, you know, and then we've got a new family coming to MCW. I think that's great. So, yeah, and we we had a lot of people reaching out for the birthday parties, even in you know the previous like six months or so. But it was, I guess, it was kind of we were trying to figure out what was what could be done and mm-hmm. just trying to find a, a comfortable level for everyone. Yeah, and you know, uh, party venues weren't opened up at the same time as everything else here in the state of Maryland, so we kind of had to wait for that too. So you know, we were waiting. And seeing, we got a lot of out of town requests for birthday parties, which you know, like people from like Texas and all wanting to. Yeah, you wouldn't think that far. I mean, I thought you'd say out of town, like Pennsylvania, Delaware. No, no, no. Do we get that? We've had people in like India. Oh, we want to book a party. Okay, we get. And I'm like, this. Did we fix that yet? Where the people? Yeah, I think so. This is not a portable party. You know, you got to come to us. And uh, yeah. So we got that taken care of. So, um, what's it like? I guess for you, Kim, because you were away. Here for a long time, but away. Is it good to be back? It is. It's different. It, it's a lot different. I mean, I still have my sparkly pants. Yes. <laughs> I can, and I can sp- throw those on in a moment. Spray glitter? Spray, uh, spray glitter. glitter. Uh, absolutely. So I've still got the essentials, but uh, it was nice to be asked back, and it was nice to be well-received in coming back. Um, you know, I mean, I'm older, so I, I don't want to be taken a young girl spot out on a show like a young hungry girl deserves to be out there but you know you pitched the idea for doing this and I thought it was a really great idea uh I got a little nervous when you're like the co-host is a 20 year old model I was like (laughs) (laughs) give me too many props (laughs) I'm 24 (laughs) you're still in your 20s (laughs) (laughs) but it was um it was good to do it was it happened very fast because I think we met each other for 20 minutes on a Tuesday, and then we came down and started filming them, and it was just kind of like, here we go. We're going to do it. We're going to jump right in. Yeah, and I think one thing that was great is that we clicked very well, and it was like, we're, we're doing this. You're my partner. So Yeah, I thought you guys did too. Yeah, um, we feed off of each other well. Absolutely. It's kind of neat in the world that we live in now with social media and everything and the platforms to kind of be able to do stuff like that, and actually this as well. Mm-hmm. Um I was just about to say, where were you in the early 2000s? And then I realized, like, kindergarten. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. watching wrestling, just, you know, not here. Yeah. So, actually, that's a great um, topic. You were always a wrestling fan then? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, really, I got into it. There's a match that I'll never forget. That Candy I, versus I, Tara? Yes. <laughs> which, which one? <laughs> Number 97? It was Lita versus Trish in December of 2004. Oh. Um that match, I think, changed lives for everyone. You know, women wanting to get into the wrestling uh, business, males, just everyone in the business, I think. Um, for them to have a almost 10-minute match and just, you know, Lita does that suicide dive. And, and I just watched it and I was like, wow, you know, is she okay? She got back up and they just kept going. And, and that, was, that was a beautiful match. That was probably a turning point for me where I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Was that when she main evented? Was that the main event of Raw? Was that that match? It was. Yeah, it, that was because that was, was like December. the first main event where women main evented Raw, right? Yeah, it I was, mean, and this was following the period of you know uh, bikini matches and so forth. Yeah. So you know, it yeah. was really when women's wrestling was reaching a turning point where it wasn't you know TNA. TNA. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
And I've heard so many people comment on it's cool because you know we had a little part, um, a little part to play in Amy's, you know, career and rise. So it, it's cool, and it, it that it, that meant a lot to her because she's very much a much a feminist, mm-hmm. feminist, and um, very you know women's rights and everything are important to her. So I, I know I, I've heard that a lot. And she's heard that a lot. And it means sure means the world to her. Oh, I'm sure. You know that that you know for a lot of young ladies like you that um that match in that time frame you know um did what it did and 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 made the statement that it made for women and and like you said probably really was that turning point that transitioned it away from women just being looked at as eye candy Mm -hmm. and um side pieces for the wrestlers well that went from divas to wrestlers really yeah it was super the start of that period where they were not just considered the divas you know they're you know, later they got a new belt. It looked like the men's belts. You know, I mean, that was right. I mean, the pink butterfly belt was lovely and all. But, you know, <laughs> um, I always felt like it looked like a toy belt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But but that it fit the era, I guess. And that's cool. So ever since then, you were a fan. Yeah, really. Ever since then, you know, on and off watching. I wasn't always watching Friday Night Smackdown or Monday Night Raw, but I was definitely captivated at that moment. And from there, it, you know. It just, I fell in love. So, And you always wanted to do this. Yeah. So funny story. I found MCW just online. You know, as soon as I graduated high school, I was on the Google machine and I was like, all right, where can I train? And luckily for me, um, the school, it was just 40 minutes from where I live. You know, a lot of the talent comes an hour, two hours away. Mm-hmm. So I immediately jumped on it, talked to Dean, um, st- you know, started training right away and Met RJ and uh, really just fell in love with with everyone and became part of the family. Uh, took a hiatus, but it's funny you you reached out to me, Dan, um, a couple months ago. It probably was a month ago or so about the possibility of coming back just in a different uh, segment, not so much training, uh, but the opportunity to host the Road Back with Kim, and that to me was just you know, the doors opening back up and I come back here and it's March 16th, four months to the death of RJ. And I'm just, you know, in my head, RJ did, is doing something behind the scenes. He's getting me back into this, this. Well, you all were very close too. Absolutely. Yeah. He, you know, mm-hmm. with all his, his trainees and his students, he pushed us to be the best and, you know, to take a hiatus and then to come back and, and just be in a room surrounded with pictures of him and you know, it feels like he's doing something in, in the background. To, to well, he definitely did. He was, um, you know, he was. I mean, I, I've said this. Obviously, he was. Uh, he was my guy. Um, he kind of. <clears throat> he was like running the ship for me, and um, you know, it was his. I had, I had taken a pause, um, even you know, a year or two prior to him passing away uh i had kind of stepped back and i wasn't around the school as much and it was not only him passing that that um obviously terror and everybody came and, and and we all knew we wanted to do something we needed to he was too important to the company to just wait another eight months for shows to come back like it was just he was such a such a cornerstone um of the company that we we just couldn't wait we had to do something tribute wise and then putting that putting that stream on made then made me realize like we re- we really lost touch with our fans 
in this six or seven months and then yeah then everything kind of kind of we were like we got to do something that's how we got here with the podcast and then I was I've been kind of back in it more here at the school and the behind the scenes and kind of coming up with ideas to touch base with the fans and communicate with them and give them content as we you know no pun intended but head towards our road back Mm -hmm. to live shows so yeah he definitely we have to copyright that (laughs) (laughs) he definitely had a had a major part i mean that's why his initials are on the logo Mm -hmm. um so yeah and then and then yeah reaching out to you and it, it was um i'm glad you're i'm glad you were interested in coming back absolutely this is home you know it feels like home coming back everyone's it's like you never even left because you come back and the f- same faces are just as welcoming as they once were. Right. So it's great to be back. Well, you know, I always tell every training class that if if this doesn't work out for you, and it probably won't, like, you know, because not everybody, you know, just a small portion of people ever go on um, or even stick with it. And I always tell them, if you have the heart to be here, there is something for you to do. And, you know, this is an ex- a perfect example of that. Yeah, and there's too many roles bat behind mm-hmm. the scenes in pro wrestling. If this is your passion, it's like Tara said, not to mention some people get into this and it's not for everybody. Right. And they, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know when I got back into the ring a couple of years ago for a minute. Um, <laughs> Before even the broken ribs. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember being like. How in the hell did I do this for like 15 years? Because it's just, I don't know, maybe I, I was just young and dumb then. Um, but it's it just is physically, but there's so many other opportunities for people. I mean, one of mm-hmm. our guys, you know, a couple years ago was a wrestler and transitioned into filming and stuff like that. And now he's a cameraman for WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, and doing great. So there's too many opportunities, you know, behind the scenes that you can find something else. But I think, um, you know, so we always try to reiterate it to people and students. But, you know, sometimes I think people get down on themselves. I think you go through almost like a phase where you get down on yourself and then you regroup and like, hey, there's way too many opportunities in this business that you can capitalize on. Not to say that I may not, you know, find my way to the ring eventually. Right. <laughs> you know. And I'm sure the fans would love to see that. Well, you know, I will say, like, what, a year and a half ago, you and I were talking about some things. <laughs> that we were. <laughs> so, you know, never say never. I mean, I my last match was, like, four years ago, I think. Five, maybe five? Yeah. <clears throat> with, okay, with I had a couple of matches with Mickey. Yeah, yeah. in uh, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They weren't for us. Who was that for? Tyler? Yeah, for Tyler. Yeah, and then Dick Karakoff, too. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I did a couple of them up there. So, And I put myself back through the beginner's class because I'm hard-headed that way. And I was like, well, it's been a minute. And um, I remember like RJ's like, well, just come down on these nights and you can just work on this stuff. And I was like, no, no, I want to do the beginner's class. Well, <laughs> um, we butted heads a lot. So I remember the one. No way. Just, you guys butted he heads. He threw his hands <laughs> up and he, he gets out of the beginner's ring and walks over to the other one and goes, Dean, that's you. <laughs> it, was, it was my fault. But <laughs> um, yeah, Kim, so Kim, I know we're going back a little bit further than oh with boy. Nicole, but yeah. why don't you? What got you into wrestling? Well, I always wanted to be in wrestling. I just didn't think you could. And I mean, my idol was Miss Elizabeth. I, that's all I wanted. Like, let me get this straight: she wears gorgeous dresses and walks the hot guy to the ring, and everybody loves her. Yeah, I, I would like to do that, please. And I was actually, I went to high school with RJ, and I 
ran into him one night at, at a bar and I was like, oh, hey, how are you? And he is like, I'm the MCW heavyweight champion. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, you are. Good job. He probably had the belt in his car. And I was like, what? And he starts telling me about bone breakers. And I'm like. And that's pre-internet days. Yeah, oh, like yeah. There was no internet. Media, so. I don't even think we had cell phones. It might have been stolen pagers. I'm right. not sure. But <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, how do you do this? And, you know, he told me. And I don't think he thought that I would follow through with it. But he was going through wrestling training. I was never, ever yeah, going to get in that ring. And I came down too. and I met with Dan and Mark Schrader. And I said, listen, just give it to me straight. I know that you have to look a certain way to go down and do what Elizabeth does. If I don't have that, don't take my money. And they, oh, you're going to beg us to get in the ring. You're gonna... No, I'm not. And I <laughs> never did. I never once was like, you know, show me how to do that bumping. No. Yeah. They forced me, kicking and screaming. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm better for it. And I, I had amazing experiences. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had some amazing experiences. Yeah. So, really did. you know, I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I did more than I ever thought I would, you know, like, mm-hmm. so my break was, you know, a little bit different. You know, I, I left when um, my son was maybe a year and you guys put me uh, in the MCW Hall of Fame and I thought this is a great time to go. And um, I just was like, I can go. I, I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. I did it my way. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and then, you know, you always have that part that misses it, but I don't fit in. I don't fit in. I don't, you know, and you, I couldn't see myself in a spot that, you know, I would fit into. And then you actually reached out to me a couple years ago about a possible thing we were going to do, you and Tara against me and RJ. And RJ ended up shooting it down because uh, he was getting ready to retire. Um, and he had just finished doing something with you with right. Andy. And, and he was, he went into that that segment kicking and screaming he didn't want yeah. to remember he didn't want to do yeah. that he, he I, like i had so, to sell him on that right yeah. and he because and, and i asked him about it you know after the fact i said you know did you shoot that down because you didn't have faith in me and he was like no i shot it down because i didn't want to work with tara anymore yeah. and i was like <laughs> oh, oh okay i feel it's better enough. wasn't me 100 <laughs> so. me and i apologize for that although it was great that's what they, i never worked with him and that was the first time. I mean, there was that one time that he, like, picked me up and threw me out of the ring. And another time, like, I choked him. But, like, we never had a program together. Right. And, you know, I I loved the idea. I remember sitting back in that meeting and hearing it. And I was like, oh, my God, this sounds like a lot of fun. Like, you know, I liked Andy Weinberg's heel character. I'm a heel at heart. You know, I only look nice on the outside. So, like, you know, it. I loved it. But he was like, I remember looking at him and he was like, no. Like, he's literally shaking his head no. And I was like, mm please <laughs> and you know puppy dies puppy dog eyes don't work on exes but you know i tried and uh, you hear that <laughs> <laughs> um once we did it like it was like a year and a half and it was great like they just and he and sean stud had a lot just great chemistry and everything and I, you know but i i had a feeling that that was why that got shot down again <laughs> see i always thought <clears throat> i thought it was because rj was dating that other girl at the time, Jeff? I was just huh? no before. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that's I mean, why he was going to do his retirement. Yeah, and well, that, um, yeah, because you know how you know how we talk about relationships in the business. You know how it um, relationships in the business, people that aren't in the business that don't get in the that don't get it. Um, they say they're all right with it, but they don't really understand it. 
um, as much as as much as after we were split and I was dating different girls, none of them really understood why I had my ex-wife still in the business doing shows. And I, you know what I mean? Like I think people outside of – it's like we've talked about. Like if you don't get the business, you don't right. get it. And, and like that immediate jealousy right. of like what are you doing? And I that's – I just kind of – you know, because at that time he was kind of getting serious with well, that girl. At that he time. had a couple of them. I mean, not the same time during the during the time period you're talking about. He had dated a couple of girls, and they all of them had issue with us right. riding to shows together. Which is funny because when we were together together, we didn't ride to shows together, <laughs> right? <laughs> because he didn't like to talk about wrestling with me. So we rode separately. And then you know, fast forward many many years later, and like we would ride to shows together, and usually because we had the kids. And, um, you know, I didn't want to take away his, like, weekend time with them or whatever. And, you know, as long as he didn't criticize my driving too badly, the, the ride was fine. But the women that he dated definitely had a problem with that. And, and that's, and that's just in general. I think, I think you know, yeah. if you're dating or you date outside the business, I think yeah. usually the conversation I have with girls when they're in it. And, Nicole, I think I asked you, right? Like, yeah. How, like, it's just, you, I, I would say maybe... Guys, more than it's just it's just something like if they don't know the business and they don't get it, it's easy for them to like not understand it or get jealous over it. Or yeah. like I said, it was <clears throat> I at the time it was after a divorce. I was just dating, but girls, I t- and they'd like, well, why why do you have your wife? I don't understand why you have your wife on. That's your ex wife that you <laughs> went through all that grief with and the divorce mm-hmm. and you were heartbroken with and like yeah and like well what what. Why is she on the shows? Like you're the boss, right? And like, Can't you well, just fire you know, her? it's good. It's good stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Like we've gotten a lot of mileage out of this, right? You know, angle wise. So I just think it was, um, yeah, I don't know. That's what that's what I had assumed back then when that was kind of shot down. Yeah, and I just it thought it would have been fun to do. Absolutely played into that. It absolutely. You did. know, I would have thought it would have been fun to do, but it, it was what it was. It wasn't meant to be. At the time. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and then I got my ribs broken. I rethought, yeah, maybe it's good that RJ shot that down because I really don't want to get back in the ring after I was laid up for six weeks from Hugh the dog. Um, you know, I kind of was like, yeah, maybe maybe it all kind of worked out the way it was supposed Probably to. Probably so. So, yeah, well, you're back now. Here I doing am. Doing your thing. You're happy, yeah. I guess. Enjoying doing it. Is there some things you want to change? I know we've talked about this. You guys want to change about the show? We can talk about it. Couple things. Um, you yeah. know, pretty much from the start part to the end <laughs> part. No. <Right. laughs> well, like we talked about that, and that's you know, like I, I told you guys, um, really up like for us for the the podcast, like right up until like episode twelve, it was kind of like every week. A lot of times it was. We were in these like group texts yelling at each other, right? <laughs> like, I mean, this sucked or this was bad, and then it wasn't until like episode twelve, I yeah. think, where we were kind of like, ten. "All right, this was it, huh?" Yeah, I don't know, eleven. I think it yeah. was really around ten. Ten, we were getting in the groove, but we still had audio issues. By eleven, we were kind of we were yeah, right. we were kind of there. Yeah, so it's a work in progress. Well, the nice part was that Nicole, being new, isn't afraid to have a voice, and so, that's good. Right? You know, like after it aired. We were kind of texting back and forth about the things that we wanted to change. And she wasn't afraid to be like, 
this is what I just flat out hated. And, you know, and Mm -hmm. you're always your most harsh critic, but that she could do it to herself. You know, like, I I mean, I'm terrible on myself on anything, but, you know, for her to be like, I can, I see that this, this, and this I didn't like, and this is what I'm going to do to change it. And it was like, you're going to be fine. Like, you're going to be fine. You know, like she wasn't like, I thought it was great. Uh, You know, I had seven minutes of on-screen time and it was perfect. (laughs) You know, like we were excited about the project and we've come together and thought of ways that we want to change it and revamp it and make it more and make it less of like a teaser thing and make it an actual thing. Make it, you know, the actual road back because Mm -hmm. it's real. I mean, we're all coming from. Right. The road back of being a year away from wrestling mm-hmm. and a, a year away from the fans. So we really want to take repaving the road. We're right, repaving right. the yeah. road. <laughs> and trying to find the formula that fits everything, including time-wise. Because we kind of – the idea was to have them, like, under 15 minutes because that's the whole, like, mm-hmm. TED Talk rule about where you start to lose people in video views and things like that. So it's it's mm-hmm. kind of finding the formula, you know – But see, even to have just a 15-minute show, that's twice what we had. So we could make more of that Mm -hmm. extra time. And and we were on the same page, which was nice. So it wasn't like, oh, gosh, she wants to do it this way. And she's thinking this. You know, like we had the same vision for what we wanted to change Mm -hmm. to, which works out really well. It'll make it get there faster, I'm hoping. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons, you know, you were just mentioning that, you're we're in a group chat everyone's yelling at each other but thankfully that's not you know the case with us it's like what can we do to make it better we mm-hmm. want to make it better for the fans you know for us and for the talent uh so i think we're we're definitely gonna get there yeah we, we've right. got good things uh planned and there's pressure you know like you're you know for me i'm coming back so to speak so i want it to be something that i'm proud of something that was not to say worth coming back for, but, you know, you don't want to come back and be like, hmm, that was awful, you know, but, you know, so to have it come out and not be the way that I had envisioned it, it was disappointing. And I really kind of was like, oh, great, here we go, because I can't get a do over mm-hmm. on this. And, you know, for her to be, you know, just really starting to get in front of people, you know, it was like, oh, great, we don't, we we can't get a do over, we can only build from this. So mm-hmm. could it have been worse? Sure, it could have, you know, could it have been better? Well, it will be better. Amen. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. We're going to hear maybe uh, who you'd like to see on some upcoming episodes. And we'll maybe talk about some uh, some of these past things here. We have this past history in MCW. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll see you shortly. All right. And we're back. Um, I. Nicole brought up something a little bit ago I figured um, might be a good topic of conversation to ask you guys, Um, Nicole and Tara. I mean, I'm sorry, Kim and Tara. (laughs) Um, She mentioned, you know, that transition that Lita and and Trish made with that match on Raw and kind of changing. But you guys were a part and you were part of MCW um, during that time where it was – evening gown matches and things like that it was very much like the tna and you guys did a lot of those we we like patented that i mean like we we had that evening gown match thing like locked down like we took it on the road like we We sure did up and down the east coast Coast. oh you need an evening gown match we got that we got you (laughs) right and you know nowadays in this really different 
world that we live in that's just a different culture in general um stuff like that would be frowned upon probably and probably tore up on twitter if we put girls in that role but at the time um that was just kind of how it was did you guys honestly like it's 20 years later did you guys ever feel did you guys ever feel like taken advantage of or anything because we put you in those roles i didn't i I didn't i mean because it was just what was on raw so it's kind of what people saw not even so much that it was what we were doing and we were there to be a part of shows and if that's the part i mean it wasn't anything that we were ever on i don't think we i don't think i was ever asked to do anything i was uncomfortable with um and we i mean we had fun with it yeah i mean it was i get there was a separation between like us and them you know so like we would get booked on these girls shows where there were oil oil matches and that kind of thing and um we were not in those matches but we were like the real wrestling that took place before intermission when the tarp came out we were sitting at the bar right um you know but it was it was great experience you know we we worked every week somewhere i mean and it was it was pretty cool and we got a lot of um a lot of different exposure and you know we learned how to work in a 12 by 12 ring in bars where the ceiling hits your head you know like so we learned to be adaptable i mean you know, there were lots of different things. Uh, do you remember the one time when we arrived in Pennsylvania? And, Dan, you were there. And whatever they had got for the their license to have that event that day, it said all the matches, there couldn't be any real wrestling matches. And I think there was this moment where we were like, well, we're just going to go home or something. And Because it was like they didn't have it signed in with the Athletic Commission, right. I think. So they didn't have the Athletic Commission there. So that was their way to get around paying the commission. Exactly. That but, promoters, but, yeah. you know, right. But we so, were there to wrestle. So it was like, oh, are you guys expecting us to do, like, oil matches and bikinis? Right. So we brainstormed. Remember, we did two out of three falls. And we did the pillow match. <laughs> oh, that's right. I do remember <laughs> right. coming but up we, with this we, now. We, 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 we got really creative. talked about going home. Like, we were like, well, forget well, it. That and was, we were that like, like, no, we can do this. That was yeah. further. What I think that was, like, Connecticut. Connecticut. I think oh, it was yeah. up in Connecticut. Was I don't know why I was thinking Pennsylvania. Thing. We were like, man, we just, this is like a 10-hour round right, trip. Right, right. Are we going to walk out and then you guys not get paid? Or do we kind of yeah. get creative to... Not cross the line of you guys feeling offended. Yeah, we did what shaving like... cream, uh, a <laughs> pillow fight. It was a two out of three fall. It, it was and no. It's funny saying yeah. We, we didn't want to. We didn't want to cross the line of the girls being offended. What did you guys do? Oh, we did chocolate syrup and shaving cream. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like they have to understand. Like. It, it we, maybe it sounds. We really. I mean, I remember. I had like I, bl- thought, yeah. I had like bike shorts in my bag, and I was like, I'll just wear this, and like I had like a tank top on. Like we just wore like our clothes, clothes. Like we didn't, you know. Like it never. What I'm trying to say is, we never felt exploited, and and that was a situation where because we had done so many of these gimmick matches all over the place, we were like, all right, what are the rules? What does their license say they have? We can we can work with this, and I thought it was fun. I we mean, did. We had a lot of fun doing that, and. You just, we were, I was going to say we were better than what was on that show, but those shows would be a bunch of girls just looking to be out there. And Mm -hmm. if that meant they were, you know, letting somebody get in the ring and oil them up for 50 bucks, that's what they were doing. And we would just be like, oh my God, you know, so. um, I paid 40. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we were trained wrestlers. I mean, that was, there were many on those shows that were not. promoters respected that to Mm -hmm. the point where even if they had a, questionable show 
we could say this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And there would be times we'd go and they'd have some girl that, you know, they just found in the front row that they were going to give a match and they'd be like, you guys are uh-uh. not working her. <laughs> nope, not happening. So, you know, we we were comfortable having our voices because we knew we were trained by a credible place. We had the family of MCW to be like, uh-uh. Like, I'm not just coming from Bob's Backyard Show. <laughs> like, uh we're from MCW and this is what we're going to do. Right. Not in, and not in a cocky way, but in a, like, we learned the basics that, you know, when we're in that match, whether it's the greatest match we'll ever have or not, my protection is in Tara's hands. Hers is in mine. And I'm not going to go get hurt for 50 bucks in Connecticut. Yeah. So. And I think it's, it's, it's also programming in the sense of two people understanding that the evening gown matches and stuff like that literally that's what was that's how women's wrestling was presented every week on national television during a time the the monday night wars nitro and raw were just huge ratings so this is what people's perception mm-hmm. was of women's wrestling yeah i mean I, that iconic figure of like sable coming out with the handprints yeah. on her boobs i mean yeah. like all you the know. way to you know ashley doing the same thing in 2006 right, right. now nicole what would you think about, like, when you look back at those matches? Do you see it because you were a kid more? Would that be something you would be interesting to do in 2020, like those type of matches? Well, I guess what, or, maybe the way to say it is, would you, now looking at that, do you see that as, it's not real, like, entertainment? You know, like, do you would you watching it be more inclined to turn your nose up at it, or would you be like, well, that's the way it was back then? I Be careful, Tara, and I can kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm your partner. What's going on here? Um, you know, back then, it wasn't just about that. It was, you know, the whole entertainment business back then was different. So it was kind of, that was normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you had HBK in the late 90s just kind of being the same, you know, out he there. for Playgirl, right? And all like, didn't he do HBK, he posed for Playgirl, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he did. Is that out there somewhere? <laughs> he, did. he did. But Prudent? not that I was. Not that I got <laughs> I the episode. You're the Sounds only one like you know. Oh, I, 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 have bunch of, <laughs> I have a bunch of the Playboy episodes. Huh? <laughs> the, I have a, a bunch of those, but I didn't. I I was not a reader of Playgirl. Yeah, he did they, because they made a big deal of it. He like posed like. One of the centerfolds, I think, was like him naked with like the belt. Hmm. He did the RJ photo that RJ <laughs> slipped in on me in the pictures. It's not the HVK photo. It's yeah. the RJ photo. Yeah, the RJ was it Reggie Carrington at the time? Yeah, no, it was the bruiser. It was the bruiser. Yeah, we'll have to pull that one out. Yeah. <laughs> I know where it is. I, I haven't moved it yet. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly where it is. Yeah, for reference, um, we were. it was back in the day before digital photos when mm-hmm. our photographers – um, shot photos and you know of the shows of the guys in the background um, and, and the backdrops and then actually would come and present me or mail me packages of photos that they took before digital and um, RJ felt the need to pose um, without anything else on except one of the tag belts I think yeah in front of him so as I'm flipping through he had promo, white socks on I yes, believe white and whiteies as I was sure. flipping through promo photos <laughs> Of stuff in the back after a show, the guy Tim Walker, whatever, had sent him, and I'm flipping through, and was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of the photos. So I think your answer um, is something. It kind of relates to what I always say. Like you're a fan of wrestling, and you get wrestling. That's what 
the whole cancel culture and the way I I'm just always going to believe that pro wrestling should be exempt from cancel culture because I feel like if you don't I think a lot of the uproar and stuff is that comes at like offensiveness in wrestling is people that aren't even a fans of wrestling they just might be on Twitter and see something you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like wrestling mm-hmm. is just something if you understand cuz Tara you're very much into women's rights and a mm-hmm. feminist. You know, yeah. and but you have that open mind when it came to wrestling and looking back at that area. Maybe maybe it's con- more context because well, at that time that's how it was. Like, but you didn't yourself feel like I can't believe Dan is asking me to do this. You know, <laughs> right. you were never in that position. I never put you. Well, in you that don't position. look back now and think, oh, I'm offended. Or no, I look back now and I feel like we were very much in control of it. Um, Like I never felt that we weren't in control because we really did have, you know, the creative control many times to put things together um, in a way that all of us were comfortable with. Um, You know, so I I think that that was. uh, It's not like anyone really makes you do anything in the business. I mean, you know, if if you don't want to use your voice and say that, you know, you don't. I think for me, looking at what wrestling is now you know the wrestling is is a big thing um i want to go out to the ring and wrestle who's to say that you know i can't show off my good looks either right in, in a match mm-hmm. um so i yeah. think it's just a different era um, right so to answer the question you know yes i would do the exact same match that tara and kim did mm-hmm. years ago right well, well there's, I don't you know. know. We were pretty good at that match. But one thing that you had mentioned cancel culture. I mean, you cul- could try. <laughs> you had mentioned cancel culture. And one thing I will say that I'm okay with is the attitude and um, the locker room culture. I think that it has come a long way from where it was. Um, and we've talked briefly about this on some other episodes, you know, like – the days of like you know crapping in someone's bag or whatever and we were talking a little bit about this before we went on the air tonight and um that part i am fine to see go because it was at times really emotionally difficult i mean well especially as a girl because you know you hostile well you have people in the locker room that are your absolute friends and would protect you and then you have people that are like She's only getting this push right now because it's a girl, because she's got boobs, because she's whatever. And those people, mm-hmm. those people, <laughs> you, couldn't, you know, you couldn't get, you couldn't trust them. And right. if you had to do something with them, it was very scary because they weren't going to protect you. And you knew it. And you, mm-hmm. you, the last thing you could do is be like, I don't want to work with him or her, you know, but mm-hmm. you knew what was coming and you knew um, you know, that it, it was going to be painful and you had to just get through it. And it, and you did. I mean, I, I think we know the same person that, you know, anytime we had to do something with them, it was like, this is going to hurt tomorrow. And, and it was just <laughs> awful, but it was what was wanted, you know, by yeah. the proners. And, you know, and I did. I had a hard time being taken seriously because, you know, I did come in. I started training in November of 99. And my first show is January 2000, which is unheard of. But they didn't have any girls. And I wasn't going in to have a match. So, you know, uh, Ronnie was ready to go on shows. Ronnie needed help. Everyone thought that I could help him. So we went and we did that. And it just rubbed a lot of people that had to train that much longer, um, you know, rubbed them the wrong way. And and then it was like, then I started dating Dan. And then it became. It got way worse. 
you know, like, well, that's the only reason she's on shows. Mm-hmm. And I had to work that much harder to say, I belong here. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I belong here. Like, I'm doing all the same stuff you're doing. I'm coming down to the school. I'm on the ring crew. You know, like, I'm the first here, last out. I'm trying to carry these T-bars just to show you that I belong here. Right. And it, it made me better because it made me work harder. And I know I can think of one time in a locker room that I got yelled at by Dino Devine. <laughs> And I was in the back and all I wanted to do was cry. And Dan came in the back and he's like, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, get away from me. Just get away from like, because if anybody comes back here and sees me upset Mm -hmm. and you here, it's going to make it work. Just go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like it definitely made me better and made me stronger. But you learn fast who your friends are. And not not that Dino wasn't my friend because Dino and I, you know, I love him to death. I was in the wrong when he yelled at me. (laughs) Well, and it was tough for me as a promoter since we're having a sentimental moment here. Um, so is that what be, it is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> because um, no, like I remember those times, and and uh, and honestly, what I'd always, even before you, I mean, I've been training people and helping them since the early '90s. That was something like a bitterness that I'd see in guys before you, before I even knew you, before you ever came to Bonebreakers. Girls just had that had a little more opportunities, especially a good looking girl than guys, because you could put them out there like we were in an area era at that time too, where the male manager was being faded out of the business and the girl manager or valet was coming in. So you could with limited a lot less training, say, get in there and do that. And you would see this bitterness. And, you know, whether it was you, Tara, everybody, every girl. And I you, I try to, like, explain to guys, like, you can't put you guys on the same page, especially when you're coming in as valets and stuff, because I'm sorry, nobody just wants to see you in a, you know, short dress. Yeah. You know, like, you can't do that. And as a promoter, I remember during that time, too, like, you were working hard. And um, even if we weren't dating, I still would have put you in that spot. Um, when I did it really didn't have anything to do with it but you know it was tougher then because I'm me and you had conversations like I got irritated because I could feel that heat on you and then of course it's affecting me as a promoter because I'm getting pissed off at like man it's pissing me off that people are putting a target on your head and using it as all oh, it's only Kim C and Dan but it really didn't have anything to do with that you would have been in that spot regardless I as was much in as that. you got I a went spot through early. the exact same and thing me and you weren't dating yeah exactly so, um, like, wait a minute do we have breaking news <laughs> on the MCW I, I started or Colleen or you know I started in go, August right. yeah of 2000 I started in August of 2000 and my first match was December of 2000 I wasn't even a manager I was having an right. actual match for five months later and there was a ton of heat and then I Somewhere in the middle there, I started dating RJ. So then it was even worse. And I felt it every single time I showed up. Um, There was never a moment that I didn't feel like all eyes were on me judging me, ever. And we talked about this. And And the girlfriends, the guys in the back. You Mm -hmm. know, the guys in the back might be cool with you, but their girlfriend sure isn't. Oh, You know, and it's like, you know. (laughs) Mine wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I I swear, like, we're just, like, we're we're just together. We're having an honest conversation. (laughs) My girlfriend (laughs) didn't like you one bit at the time. I think that... (laughs) Hold on, I'm going to try to re- re- regain order here. <laughs> I think that um, our, the expectations on us were so much higher. Do you, I, I shouldn't even say do you remember. Of course you remember the Shamrock Cup. Oh, my God, that was terrible. So, uh, to Did fill I, everybody was in. Was that the, 
the what's boss. that? What's so that? we the had Tarotot <laughs> tap. The Tarotot tap. It wasn't that. Oh, was it? Well, was that the Road that Warrior finish? That was no, the one where we had the. All right, so we were we had a tag match. I know um, what happened at the end of it. We had it was a tag awful. match at, at the Shamrock Cup. I forget what year it was. I don't know. Two thousand two. Let's say two. Let's go with that. Two thousand two. We had a tag match, and it was. Um, me and Mickey. You and Mickey. And you and Colleen. me and Colleen. Right. And everything's going well. We're maybe three minutes into the match. You know, we knew what we were doing. We felt good about it. We were excited to be on the Shamrock Cup because we felt like. Because we had a match on the Shamrock Cup. We had a Cup. match at the Shamrock Cup. Like, this was our This was our you know WrestleMania. I mean? I mean, like, this is the biggest show MCW puts on, and you gave us a match. Right. So we were thrilled. Like, we worked our butts off for this. Like, we were ready. So I know Mickey and I were on the outside, and you and Colleen were in the inside. Anyway, the referee made oh a question. Oh my God, David call. Flair! David Flair. We called him David Flair. He was, it wasn't really David Flair. No, it was like okay. Let's just clarify that. BWO David really, Flair. It was just yeah. he resembled him, and David Flair was on TV at the time. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so he, he did the stutter count because um, because uh, he knew it wasn't the he finish. Knew it wasn't going to be the finish, right? And it was because it was only three minutes into the match. All right. Well, anyway, Mickey and I are on the outside. We haven't. Everything's happening in, like, fast motion. Needless to say, the match didn't go well. The crowd knew what was up. They, yeah. you know, crapped all over it. <laughs> it <was> well, <laughs> when we got into the back, I think it was RJ that told us. I can't remember, but I just remember the, what came next. We had to go up and apologize to every <sighs> single solitary person on the show for... Making them have making to work them harder. Have to work harder, right? So people would forget what we just did, and right. we had to say that to them. To every single person and in Ronnie the locker room was my best friend. Yep. Ronnie was my best friend in the locker room, and after we did all that, I walked up to him and I'm like, "Oh my god!" And he goes, "I love you. Get away from me." And I'm like, "He's like, dude, you just have so much heat right now." Just and I'm like, <laughs> "My best friend in the locker room is telling me," and it was like, "Okay, yep. but." Wasn't that the same match as the the Boston Toe Crew? No, it no, was not. No. That was a different match. Was different. Let's leave that alone. We, I don't even know if I'd been tagged in yet at this point, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it and was you know, three minutes in, and I think that what happened was whatever we were doing, you know, I covered Colleen, and she, I don't know, I don't know if she didn't kick out. She just didn't she kick just out. Just forgot what was and happening. We just we just lost our moment, which I'm not putting on her because we were on this huge stage. Mm-hmm. We had a little deer in headlights. And in yeah. that first spot, you know, she just, we were just in the moment. Was I going nuts on and, you guys Oh, my God, that? yes. And yeah. the thing is, the referee, <laughs> if, Probably if, so. if Flair had just counted to three, it would have been a crappy match, but it wouldn't have had. It, it would have been better than what happened. It right. But the fact that he went one, two, and his hand is just waving in the air. I mean, air, the only thing like, he just, didn't do was go, guys, you know that's not your finish, right? You You want to kick, kick out? <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah. So, I mean, that, that. But I never uh, saw a guy do that. Did you ever see No, a, a guy a, never had to come out and apologize did you ever to anyone. See or, any, people have guys have botched so matches before. I, I never felt like they had to I, do I that. I can tell you that, yeah, I was told to do that. Okay. I was, that was, you know, but a, a, Wait, again, you were told to do what? When I mess up matches when I was younger. Oh, I, I thought you were like, I was told to humiliate you so, guys. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, me and you, we were talking before then, you know, and, and um, you seem to remember the times I was hardest on you. Like, at shows, but a, a lot of that did have to do with. I had a lot of pressure on me trying. Like I knew, and, and I, I could, I'd say this to you now. I'd, I'd say like I thought you were just hand. I handed you stuff because we were sleeping together or whatever. But I, you did work your butt off, and so did Tara. Both you guys did. Like you work your asses off, and um, 
having that, you know, because RJ was always my guy. He was because he was my first student. He was just always the guy. And he was, you know, he was MCW's John Cena, you know. So, of course, me being the promoter, RJ being my guy, we're dating you two. I'd even have to defend RJ and say at the time, like, it was a lot of pressure with knowing there was, like, heat in the locker room and trying to say, like, you guys aren't getting it easy probably made me a lot harder and maybe meaner to you at times because I knew you were working for it, but I knew everybody felt like you were just being given it, Mm -hmm. and both of you, and you Mm -hmm. didn't deserve that. Like, you didn't deserve that hostility because you guys – we're working your ass off. But it made and us I, better because I remember a show where <clears throat> two girls that were going to have their first little thing on the show and everybody's putting the ring together. And this might have been when you were kind of on your hiatus there. And everybody's working to put the ring together. And these two girls show up with a big bag of McDonald's and they sit in the front row to start eating. And I lost it. And I made everybody stop. I said, everybody's going to stop putting the ring together right now until these two finish their lunch. Because they plan to get in this ring tonight, get in here and start help. And they both were just like, <laughs> one of them quit. That girl, Kelsey. Um, Kelsey was in the Gilbert, uh, when Gilbert had his school. I remember her, yeah. Um, and oh. the other one was that girl, Megan. And Megan has gone on to do great things. I think she gets some dark stuff on AEW. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if either one would remember it. But to me, it was like, for all I had to go through... You are not going to sit there and eat. Yeah, that you guys thing. ate a lot of crap. You really did. We did. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, I told and you before the show aired, we were talking about this. I had a real legitimate fa- fear that I would open my bag and it would be full of crap. Like I just it was told to me that that was to, what to expect, and I literally had this fear. Like uh, the locker room was the most anxiety-inducing situation I think I've ever been in. Like I came to dread it. I hated it. I hated trying to remember. Okay, who's been here longer? Whose hand do I shake first? Where do I need to be? How can I be as invisible as humanly possible for the duration that I'm back here? But then all of a sudden I got to go put on a happy face and go out there and be a public figure. And not only that, there was no women's locker room. Oh, yeah, that. So, like, (laughs) if we were in a high school, we would try to go to the very back bench Mm -hmm. and just hope nobody came around the corner. We didn't even have a towel. I mean, it would literally be I'd stand at the end of the locker while she changed and then vice versa. And it was like you changed as fast as you could Mm -hmm. because – we sure couldn't say, hey, guys, we're going to take the back row. It was like, we have to get in. We have to get dressed. We have to get out mm-hmm. because it's not our And, and that was also not, say, just on us, but it was kind of just how the rest no, of the was, business was. Yeah. A lot yeah. of that stuff is how yeah. it flowed downhill where, yeah. where now, again, a lot of women's rights, and you should obviously have your own locker room but at the time it was just kind of that old school mentality mm-hmm. and you like, didn't know any better ah, so we didn't sit there and yeah. say like oh, we should have our own locker room yeah. we were just kind of like hey we don't have our own locker room let's get dressed really fast it was kind of nice though to go and do the girls shows where, where it was all girls where it was all girl well i mean except for steve the sound guy <laughs> but we yeah. won't talk and lucky but we won't talk about that <laughs> but you know and and the girls it, it was just different i it was. that was one thing there that, was less stress i mean some of those girls would go in your bag to see if you had anything valuable and steal it. Yes, but this is true. They wouldn't crap in your bag. There was so no crap in your bag. There was definitely, they might steal your crap. But you know. In wrestling, there's that stigma that, you know, you have to pay your dues. You've, you've got to. Yeah. So I can see, like, nowadays you still you still do that. So Yeah. Now, when you signed up, did you, I mean, you've heard us describe, like, the culture 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, did it feel anything like that for you? Not at all. Not (laughs) at all. You probably wouldn't come back, to be honest. 
it was just the culture in wrestling, not like the people listening to it, like that was the MCW locker room. That was the culture. I mean, yeah. that's coming off the times where, you know, you used to get really just the crap beat out of you mm-hmm. in wrestling. And, like, they didn't want you if you, you had to get beat up and learn, you know, and, and earn the respect to learn about the business, about the insides of the business. And it was definitely – it was a much more hostile industry mm-hmm. in general. Probably – and and definitely – if you're if we're being fair probably very unfair to women mm-hmm. you know but it well, was part of what we had to do too was we kind of had to teach the guys we're not built the same right. so like i remember because if rj body slams you you just hurt so even if he was just doing a textbook body slam just because of the way your my body hits versus a man's body and it was like we finally i th- and i think it took years I we did. finally got him to have ladies night at the school where the girls could just come train because you know and you probably had this experience because you trained in a mixed class if it hurts too much you don't want to do it and he wouldn't sell for that idea of girls being different than guys at all and we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. on other episodes he would not sell for that i mean he's just like it just means you're not tough enough and like i don't i don't know how i could have been any tougher like i was for those that don't know, I was doing landscaping during the day. Like, I owned a landscaping company. So I was out there doing manual labor for, like, 8 to 10 hours a day. Then I would come to training four days a week, four hours at a time. Everything on my body hurt. And he'd be like, well, you're just not tough enough. And it was like, but what else can I do? And so that mentality of, you know, training differently right. did not exist well, at when, the time. Well, when you broke your neck, we were working on a mixed tag. Mm-hmm. And... So it's me and Nick, and I don't think RJ was going to be your partner, but RJ was down there with because us. Because it was a Saturday and we were training, yeah. And, you know, Tara thought she had separated her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And so Nick <laughs> knew she was hurt. Um, and this. he was going to hit her with his finish. And he, it looked like he was putting a baby to sleep. I mean, <laughs> he, he just gentle. couldn't have laid her down any more gently and she had tears coming down her eyes and rj just was getting madder and madder mm-hmm. and you know and nick was even trying to say like dude i think she's really hurt like and, and tara would get up and be like i'm fine i'm fine i'm <laughs> fine and then all of a sudden tara's arms numb and it's not I moving feel it. and it you know moving. she finally looks to rj and she's like i can't feel my arm i really think i dislocated it and he's like come here <laughs> and he hit her in the shoulder Did so he really? hard oh he pulled my arm out like oh this he took the back of his hand and, and just went, bam really as and, hard as he could and, Nick and, your, ne- just, and your neck was broke oh, she burst into tears and just sat down like she just fell just down crumpled. to her butt and it was like at that moment nick and i were like oh dear god tara might seriously be injured you had, you had signed a liability waiver. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, we got to dig that one out. So make it, sure I still got that original copy. That was how hard we were <laughs> yeah. trying to show them. Right. We can go. We can hang right. with you guys. We can do this. I was determined you know? to do that move. I was determined. <laughs> yeah. We. I mean, we talked about how out. women work differently in the ring. We can't mm-hmm. take the bumps that. Men. Now, you to, can from another girl. Credit, so if you my, got in there yeah, and you my, trained with Tara, to my credit, different story. Yeah, to right. my credit, the, the transitioning to the women's night was my idea. Okay. It was. Like, the, <laughs> that right. I started okay. feeding because of that. You know, and a lot of that came from, like, talking with Mickey mm-hmm. and Amy and Lita and girls that, yeah. like, you know, you should. And this is the way they do it there. and Because there was. At that, there was a time where it was all just guys and girls. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of 
yeah, realizing that, you know. Yeah, now, the, Axel the got it. Axel understood that. And I've said it before on here that I learned so much from him when he took over. Because after RJ got frustrated enough with us, um, okay, with me, when <laughs> after he got frustrated enough, um, Axel stepped in and he got that women needed to be trained differently. And I love that. I looked forward to Wednesday nights. Like, I thought it was the greatest thing. And, um, you know, it, it made a big difference. So, all right, well, thank you for letting us have ladies' night. Not a problem. <laughs> so, and with that, we got um, to take another break. We are. We're going to take a break. So join us back here in just a few minutes. All right, we are back here joined by Nicole and Kim. Before we went to the break, we were talking about, you know, women in wrestling and the culture and everything. And just recently, we had a women main event the first night of WrestleMania. Um, did you watch that by chance, Nicole? I did. Mm-hmm. I was very, very excited to have seen, not super excited to see uh, Sasha lose the belt, but I, I was excited for the new opportunity that uh, Bianca got. So that was a hell of a match. And to come so far, you know, along and main event WrestleMania and have this women's match. We talked earlier today about, you know, me watching Lita and Trish main event Raw. It's like we've come along such a long, you know, way. Yeah. So mm. that was that was just amazing to watch. I'm excited and, to see what's coming up next. And not mm-hmm. just the performers, but also really coming a long way with the fans where the fans support women main eventing. A WrestleMania, right? You know, and don't like boo it out of the building or get or up or chant and leave for puppies, actually. right? I mean, you know, yeah, you know, the yeah. women's match was the bring down match between, it, yeah, it was know, the bathroom break, right? Everyone it was called that, it the bathroom break. It, you put that on before you know the real matches or the main event, or it was the bring to bring ago, the crowd down. It, it was referred to as that. Is that right? Exactly. It, it really was referred to as that. Where if they'd have two, say you're in a WrestleMania and you have two big matches, I don't know, like a Chris Jericho and you know, Triple H and then Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar, they would literally refer to it as that, like the women's match in between as a bring down match to let the crowd come down to come back up, you know, which you can see stepping back and looking at like as a woman, like really like a, you know what I mean? (laughs) Where now like this matches you, you, you mentioned, um, they outshine a lot of the men's matches, Mm -hmm. you know, and the fans support them more than a lot of the men's matches. So it is, it is definitely everything when I look at it, um, you know, it's, it's I think, very positive for women in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Now, was that uh, your favorite match out of WrestleMania or did no, you have others? My favorite match was the celebrity match, the tag team uh, with Bad Bunny, Damian Priest, and uh, The Miz and John Morrison. I thought that uh, Bad Bunny did a hell of a job coming in as a celebrity and training for a very short period of time, you know. He had a good team to work alongside, uh, but it's it's exciting to to see someone um, you know in the Hispanic community kind of come in and and just get that push and and you know he performed at the Royal Rumble and now there he is at WrestleMania. So that was my favorite match, and I may be being a little biased, but. Um, I thought he did a good job. I, I thought he definitely I agree. Well, I completely agree. I, you I saw, liked it. You saw a lot of internal comments in from higher-ups and people really well-respected in the business completely complimenting him. Yeah. And, and complimenting is, how he, how he, serious he took it and how mm-hmm. hard he worked. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, he, he talks about how he's been a lifelong wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so that, that's always been 
inside of him. So I think to have that opportunity, he wasn't just going to throw it away. Um, yeah. I think the fans, some of the fans were taken back a bit to have the celebrity come in and get such a push and, you know, have a match at Mania when there's people backstage who didn't get a chance to. Uh, but I, I definitely thought he, he – Put on a good show, and the fans in the end were happy. Mm-hmm. I know I was happy. I enjoyed it. The only part that I didn't like is that I his pants were very distracting to me. They yeah. were too high. <laughs> and it, <laughs> I know one of the things I always tell the girls here when they start is I'm like, you need to walk around your house in your outfit because you need to go do everyday things. Walk up and down the stairs, get yep. in and out of your chair. Like, you know, just walk, whatever you plan on wearing, walk around and see how it moves with you. Like, if he couldn't have felt those high water pants flapping against his calves (laughs) i don't know i mean it just for me it was distracting because i kept seeing it i'm like pull your pants down pull your pants down but (laughs) i loved it i really i loved his match i thought that he performed really well i appreciated it even more hearing that he picked up and moved his whole operation to orlando so that he could train and i that you know earned a lot of respect again heart for the business so and you could see it on his face and there was after he'd you know hit hit his uh what was it bunny destroyer move or whatever yeah. like it, it <laughs> panned over to um different people in the crowd you could see but you could see it on Damian Priest's face like when he hit that it was just like see I told you and it just you, you know do, yeah. it, it felt really good like it had a, it just felt good all around and coming back you know to a wrestling ring filled with the crowd I think that just made it even better you know Vince had that emotional uh, moment I think that any everyone can relate to in the wrestling business he's finally addressing a crowd again after a whole year of yeah. being away and then the sky opened up and it rained and they had to press pause yeah <laughs> so, all but, that momentum and then all right we're gonna wait for it to rain <laughs> yeah it was it, it was bittersweet you know it everything's opening back up now and it's like all right shows are gonna be here soon you know MCW shows are gonna be here soon so mm-hmm. very excited for what's coming Absolutely. So, did you watch WrestleMania or no? I didn't. I, I didn't. didn't. Well, me and you were in the same boat. But I read, <laughs> I read a lot about it. What were you so, guys doing Sunday, Saturday? Saturday, I was in soccer mom mode. Mm. So, I was uh, I was in mom mode all weekend. And I just, uh, my kid likes wrestling, but he likes it better on the local level. So, mm-hmm. You know, he used to like John Cena. Now, you know, there is no John Cena. So he he watches sometimes, but, it, you know, it's not something he's like, can we watch wrestling? So, so Kim, um, we know we talked about the matches you and you and Tara had together, obviously, your evening gown matches and stuff. But, but we probably, did have some regular matches. I mean, we did. Okay. We did. We did. But <laughs> I guess like getting talking like about referencing like the Bad Bunny and his he, he kind of wrestled. But as a more of like an extra, you, you probably had some of your more MCW memorable, mem- memorable times with, um, as a valet with like, Oh Ronnie yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I guess Nick, mm-hmm. you know, and at times, Oh yeah. So yeah. Remember when you were like our, our servant, I that do was remember. Oh, that was great. That was like yeah. those fond memories. Yeah, where like we would dress her like really dumpy and we would did, order did, her how, around. How that, yeah, it was great. Was that were you with Nick at the time? What, I was. I was Remind t- me of that whole scenario here. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember putting you in my pajamas. Well, I think it was that they were so Ronnie and Nick were tag team. And then of course, as tag teams too, they split. So then I think I believe they had a match. And somehow, I was the stipulation. So, yes. like, the winner got 
my services. And yes. so, of course, Nick wins. And, um, you know, we're just we're all just heartbroken because Candy and Ronnie are just not together anymore. And here comes Tara to just help make my life hell. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting ready for the, it was building to like this baby face turn. And I was so reluctant and I didn't want to do it. And like I really couldn't. Like, I didn't want to wear pink. I didn't want to do this. Like, I loved working with Nick at Romeo. I thought it was, that was a lot of fun. I really, really loved it. And I loved the stuff that we did where we exploited you. It felt very good. <laughs> but I knew You're it, welcome. Was, it was all leading toward a baby face turn for Nick and I. And I was like, oh, but I love not being a baby face. And then I broke my neck, so it didn't get to happen anyway. Is but that what sidelined all that? It was. And so then we said how you pushed me down the steps. You know, we, we, <laughs> So it was. Did we um, run with that? Is that we how we did? We ran, we ran sure with that. We, we went. See all, what all you have to look forward to. Now yeah. you could. So if you decide is, to get in the ring, you could be someone's servant. Nothing. <laughs> is, nothing. Speaking of nothing being sacred in wrestling, um, you know, your personal life can and will find its way into a storyline, and that reminds me of the Shamrock Cup 2007. Tell me about that. Yes, <laughs> I would have forgotten. But uh, oh, I, I took a peek over producer John's shoulder. So uh, I don't know how we got there. I, I don't remember. I don't remember any of it, actually. Well, funny you should say that because here we've got it for you. I mean, it's me and Joey. Was this where you came back? No. <laughs> this isn't going to end well. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, we couldn't do that. We'd be canceled today. <laughs> it's not over. It's not over. It's not over. Is that Jeff Jones? It is. Was that when Joey came back? I would imagine. I, I mean, he's well, there. Yeah, That's that great. was. Yeah, because he's the champ. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. So, how'd that feel? <laughs> that was after you would. That was after the whole Zach thing, though, right? More than likely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah, because when did, when did we separate? 2005? I think Sometime it was 2005. Because it was after I'd had Connor. I remember right. that because I had lost a lot of weight for the bridesmaid's dress and all of a sudden it like hung off of me and uh, it had to have been 2005. Yes. Yeah. So um, we separated um, and uh, it was, I guess, I don't know. Um, I mean, fans always ask. It's, it's kind of vague. I, I guess in a in a sick way, um, I would you know that's how we are in wrestling. Um, I, I remember like dating different people after we had been in and and Kim and like nobody really understood. But I don't know how in a sick way I thought it was going to be therapy that after we separated and you were kind of dating Zach, I thought it would be a good idea to uh, to bring you back um, and make an angle out of it. Well, it yeah. worked. I mean, it, 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 it did worked. work. It, it really did so, work. We had eight or nine hundred people at Michael's Eighth Avenue with only me and Zach. Yeah. With no big stars on mm -hmm. the show, like in the main event. So, well, it worked because it was real. So. I mean, it even had people in the back. I mean, Zach walked through the curtain and got punched in the face by Pat Brink. Yeah. So, I mean, like it, it worked. Like yeah. we had people's raw emotion there. Mm -hmm. So, but that was after you guys had, <clears throat> so that's, I guess, a whole locker room issue where it, um, 
a, a lot of people weren't happy with my decision and a lot of people that were close to me that cared about me that knew because honestly my heart was broke um you know i was really hurt um when we split up um so i think a lot of people thought a lot of people and i remember people saying um like you're doing this to get Kim back. Like you're letting her come back so that you guys can work out your relationship. And that's because obviously we got together because of wrestling. It's something I would really, there was a couple things like I always train. You remember me saying this to you and RJ, mm-hmm. you remember me saying to RJ, who was my main guy, like, Hey, if you're going to date Tara, if you guys split up, like you guys, I, it wouldn't be fair for me to take it away from one of you because it's not like you brought right like you guys met through wrestling. So I kind of thought there was a couple things, but I kind of I kind of thought it was like a standard that I had laid down for other couples in the wrestling business mm-hmm. that I had to honor myself. And I knew you didn't want to be done with wrestling, you know, and then on top of it, maybe it was some thera- therapeutic. But yeah, like. For instance, the fans may not know, like there was a lot of people that were close to me that were my students that were like, they didn't agree with me doing that because they thought I was like had a personal agenda, like to get you back by allowing you to come back. But it wasn't really the case. It was really me trying to have integrity in what I (laughs) preach to people. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so Pat Brink, who was. Well, it didn't hurt that, like, Devon and Bubba really liked me, and they were there at that show. <coughs> and Bubba was just like, brother, he approached me at that show and was like, I don't agree with this at all. Like, I don't agree with you doing this. Ain't no way you should have had those two here. Probably pump Pat up. But, yeah, Zach walked back through the curtain, mm-hmm. and Pat Brink freaking dropped him. <laughs> um you know, that was, I don't think that ever made it like in the sheets or out on the internet, but. I think it yeah. did because mm-hmm. Zach had to come back out for something later. Yeah. And people were like, he had a black eye when he came back out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, it's not your business. You know, like the, the, the phrase <laughs> stay in your lane wasn't a thing then. But like, hey, if the promoter brought us back to do something, check your feelings at the door. Well, you but, but thought I set him up. My, mm-hmm. Yes. I remember you thought I set him up. Yes. You thought I was totally behind it. And I, I was completely innocent of it. I didn't have anything to do with it. Right. But and you that's know, why at the I time, was mad at the time. And then at the, again at the time, and then Devon and Bubba, I remember, and they're like, kind of like, let it go. Like he deserved it. But I was like, it's not the point. It's like, I set, uh, like being a professional and handling business. And then I, I knew you felt like I totally set you guys up, and I didn't. Well, because back then Pat was kind of your stooge. You know, mm-hmm. Pat Pat would do anything that you well, told him to do to get. I say stooge is a bad. He was one of my main guys, and he, you know. Yes, and back then, I'm not taking anything away from what Pat has done since, but back then, you know, he was a young guy, and he would have done anything to get on your good side. And I think that he thought, "This is how I'm going to do it." And it was just like, you know, mm, this doesn't clearly look like a setup. This is stupid. You know, and it for me, it was the first and probably the only time I felt unsafe in the locker room. Like, all right, you, you either set this up or you have no control over your locker room that somebody can get hit like that. What if I would have come through the curtain first? Was Pat just ready to punch whoever came through? You know, mm-hmm. and I don't think he was. I don't think Pat hates women. I don't think, you know. 
he's a completely different person now than he was then. Mm -hmm. But either you set that up or you don't have control over this kid. And that just, you know, to me, it was like, I hope you got what you wanted at the time. Right. So. Man, I wish I was in this locker room back in the day. <laughs> I don't know. You might I did too. You can help me out. <laughs> you would have been fresh meat, let me tell you. Yeah, um, right? You would have been fighting them off. Um, so, but that wasn't the only time that you know uh, Zach was invited here. Um, you know, I know in recent years, uh, what twenty nineteen when we had the first Bruiser Strong Rumble, we oh yeah Zach resurfaced. Yeah. Well, you got it too. We did the match. We ended up building to the match that mm-hmm. me and Zach did. That was. That again, and so like even interviews that were done, obviously there was real emotion, and I think people felt mm-hmm. that. And plus, there's always the chatter of the behind the scenes and social media that people realized, hey, you and Zach were really seeing each other, mm-hmm. and we really were being divorced, and this really was a thing. And um, we did the match, and the match went off really good. Mm-hmm. The, it was emotional, and and I did business, and I that was the other thing people. So many over the years, like, man, you really, you gave it to him, didn't you? And I was like, no, I mean, we worked stiff, but it was completely, yeah, um, it was completely, it was so, and it was, <laughs> it was so emotional and people were so into it. Did, do you remember Holdhouse? Yes. Do you remember? <laughs> I vaguely remember Brian Holdhouse. <laughs> do you remember this? I was ready to beat the shit out of him, man. Um. Because there was a point in a match where I was supposed to not be able to find a chair. Like going in. Do you remember this? And Adam Flash was coming out. I don't remember that. And I was supposed to not. And like all the guys were out on the balcony. And it was a locker room like a curtain sellout. Like everybody was watching it. And I was not supposed to be able to find a chair. And Adam Flash was going to come out and turn baby face and hand me the chair. But I get to the point where I'm fire and I'm bringing the baby face fire, you know what I mean? I'm putting it on Zach and the crowd's behind it and it was a good moment. And then I'm like, I, I can't find a chair, you know, and I'm looking for the chair. I know where this is going. I know and exactly all of a sudden I turn and Brian Holhouse, the timekeeper, is like holding up a chair, <laughs> jumping up and going, it's right here. It's right here. And I turn and I'm like, you have. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself and then afterwards he's like oh man I just got so caught up in the moment you know what I mean and you and Zach and I really wanted you to kill him so like I'm holding up the chair but it was like it everybody kind of got overtaken with emotion I guess at that point but we did business and it worked out good and then you know, and, and using real-life storylines in wrestling is nothing new. I mean, we've right. certainly seen it. You know, WWE does not hesitate to exploit right. personal situations. Yeah, I mean, and, and certainly not during this time period. I mean, right. you had the whole Edge, Matt Hardy, Lita thing. I mean, there are certainly plenty of other right. other ones going on that had kind of set the stage for that. But Yeah, but it, you know, and we did it, and it, it worked out, and I guess um. We got through it as the best we could, yeah. and um, that's just kind of how we handled, I guess, therapeutically. But here we are today. <laughs> we haven't had to inter- intervene. Yeah, you haven't had to intervene. Reminiscing about it. But that's the cool part that's coming for you because, you know, jumping in, it's not going to take you long for you to make your memories and your cool stories and, you know, to have your – people that you'll get close to and you know your little family within a family that you'll find 
and you know you'll have that time that something happens and the people that make you feel the best are the people in this weird family that you've become part of absolutely yeah and you know we relationships happen in the wrestling business I mean they just do we've talked about it before you know you spend a lot of time with people and you're you know it takes a certain type of person to understand you know and uh, the trust and the respect and everything um you know but Again, your personal life could become fodder for the next storyline. So, yeah, you know, could always be. Uh, do In that little end, bit of caution. You know, the relationships end sometimes. Relationships <laughs> end when it comes to wrestling. <laughs> well, come, now, in, come into wrestling single, and then we'll <laughs> figure it out. From well, there. it's, I mean, it's, you know, like you guys share passions, and it's, um, mm-hmm. like, all joking aside, it's, uh, you share passions and you share things in common, and it's easy when you have something in common like that that you both mutually love. Yeah, yeah, and it can work. I mean, there's definitely lots of examples of it where it does work, you know. um, (laughs) It can work. You know, sometimes you have to go through the wrong ones to get to the right ones. But, like, you're spending 360 days, you know, on the road with these people. So... That's it. Just naturally happens, I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just something to something about finding something you guys both love and are passionate about. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know. on that note, speaking about love and passion, you know what it's time for, right? What's that? Well, Larry's not here oh. to give us the big thing, but um, it is time to hear about the love and passion that Phil Stamper has for this indie wrestling scene. All right, we're gonna get filled in by Phil. And um, then we'll be back to finish up on the last yep. segment. Let's see it. Hey, everyone. My name is Phil Stamper, and welcome to another edition of the Indie Wrestling Roundup. Let's jump right into the action. Let's talk about what's going to appear on IWTV this week. You can go watch IWTV at IWTV.live or IndependentWrestling.tv or their app for iOS and Android devices, IWTV. Tonight, brand new episodes from New South Pro Wrestling, Heavy Metal Wrestling, and Absolute Intense Wrestling. Then on Wednesday, episodes from Limitless's The Road and Paradigm Pro's UWFI Contender Series. Then over on Fight TV, already out this week, episodes from SWA Championship Wrestling and Ring of Honor's episode number 500. Tonight, NWA Power. And on Saturday, night one of Pro Wrestling Magic, SWE Fury and CCW Homecoming. And then on Sunday, more from Pro Wrestling Magic and Extreme World Wrestling. In live action, events that you can go see this coming week tonight, Ohio Valley Wrestling in Louisville, Kentucky. On Wednesday, the 21st, in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico Wrestling Association streams on YouTube out of Bell, West Virginia, International Combat Sports. On Thursday night, out of Jasper, uh, Georgia, 7.30 p.m., Georgia Championship Wrestling, also out of Georgia, WWA4, out of Rhode Island Extreme Wrestling Alliance, and out of Tennessee, 127 Pro Wrestling. And then on Friday, the 23rd, out of Alabama, Pro, uh, excuse me, Bad Boy Pro Wrestling, and Pro South Wrestling, then out of Florida, Coastal Championship Wrestling, out of Georgia, Platinum Championship Wrestling, out of Kansas, Kansas Wrestling Alliance, out of Nebraska, Magnum Pro, out of Massachusetts, Northeast Championship Wrestling, out of New Jersey, Northern Wrestling Federation, out of Ohio, Battle on the Border, and Future Great Wrestling, as well as Ohio Wrestling Alliance, then out of Tennessee, Resolute Wrestling, and Southern Wrestling Federation, as well as TXW Wrestling. Then over on Saturday the 24th out of Alabama, 
Fearless Championship Wrestling and Victory Championship Wrestling out of Arkansas, Global Wrestling and Revolutionary Wrestling Entertainment out of, oh, also South Central Wrestling. Um, then out of Colorado, Renegade Championship Wrestling and Primo's Professional Wrestling and out of Connecticut, Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling. Out of Florida, Coastal Championship Wrestling and Combat Sports Pro. Out of Georgia, Anarchy Wrestling and AWF WOW, as well as Georgia Championship Wrestling and KLT Promotions, Peach State Wrestling Alliance, Southern Violence and Wrestling, and Southern Wrestling Federation, excuse me, Southern Wrestling Association, as well as Superstars Fan Fest. Out of Illinois, AAW and SCW Pro, as well as Midwest Impact Pro, Pinfall Wrestling Association, and Scott County Wrestling. Out of Indiana, Indiana Powerhouse Wrestling, Journey Independent Wrestling, uh, excuse me, Journey Independent Championship Wrestling, and out of Iowa, Rugged Pro out of Kentucky, Ohio Valley Wrestling out of Michigan, Imperial Wrestling Entertainment, and Ruthless Pro Wrestling, as well as Total Chaos Wrestling. Out of Missouri, Cape Championship Wrestling. Out of New Jersey, Intergender Bonanza 8, as well as Invictus Pro Wrestling and Superstars of Wrestling Federation. Out of North Carolina, Extreme World Wrestling. Out of Ohio, Extreme Valley Wrestling. Out of Pennsylvania, International Wrestling Cartel, Northern Tier Wrestling, The Polyam Cult Party streaming live on Twitch, and Rope to Rope Entertainment. Out of Tennessee, Intense Championship Wrestling Asylum, Piledriver Pro, Tennessee All Pro Wrestling, Tennessee Wrestling Alliance, TWE Chattanooga, and then out of Texas, Fearless Pro Wrestling, Live Action Wrestling, Metroplex Wrestling, New Texas Pro Wrestling out of West Virginia, IWA East Coast, and WDWA. Then on Sunday the 25th, out of California, Pro Res Lucha Wrestling out of Florida, Gangrel's Wrestling Asylum out of Illinois, Galley Lucha out of Indiana, Grindhouse Pro Wrestling out of Michigan, Independence Pro Wrestling, and Pro Wrestling All-Stars of Detroit, and out of Minnesota. First wrestling with two events out of New Jersey, streaming on IWTV is Camp Leapfrog. You might see a familiar face there. Uh, then over out of North Carolina, Extreme World Wrestling out of Oklahoma, All-Star Pro Wrestling, and out of Tennessee, School of Morton, airing live on their Facebook page at 5.05 p.m. This coming weekend, you can see me at IWA East Coast out of Milton, West Virginia. That is taking place this Saturday, April 24th. And then on Sunday, April 25th, you'll be able to see me on IWTV.live, live on Camp Leapfrog, Frog Sport. Hey, everybody, I hope you're having a wonderful week, and I'll catch you next week. All right, and we're back. <laughs> Getting ready to wrap this one up. Yeah, um, Phil had lots of stuff on the Indie Roundup. You know, it's it's yeah. neat that Phil um, has his finger on the pulse of indie wrestling. So if you're not like a hardcore wrestling fan, a lot of the, the um, promotions that he's talking about, maybe you've never even heard of before, but you might be intrigued just by the name or something like that. And, um, you know, you might go and check it out. I mean, you know, lots of these things are being streamed now. There's, you know, um, so much free content out there um, that people really can watch just about anything. And yeah. speaking of free content, uh, I want to circle back to your show, um, you know, The Road Back uh, a little bit and talk about some of those changes you referenced at the beginning of the show. Yeah, you know, Kim and I are very excited to have this new content be put out and us be a part of it. Um, so there are some, some changes that we're going to tweak. Um, you know, we've shot three episodes that have that are going to stream but we're changing up the format um for the fans we 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 want it to be not a not to say intimate but more 
touching base on coming back from the pandemic and, you know, being having this platform to really get in touch with the talent and really get, you know, where their brain is at. Um, and some of the talent we would love to to interview, um, you know, Ryan McBride. Absolutely. Um, as well as Mr. George G-Fed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get G-Fed in there. Yeah, so I think we can make all that happen. So, guys, pretty much like a little short version of almost the podcast where you get a little bit more intimate um, with people personally. Yeah, get a little bit more of pull back the, the real person, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, you know, I think it'd be neat to have somebody, you know, kind of from the production side of it, you know, maybe like a dean that can mm-hmm. talk about how it used to be producing things and now the different things you've had to go through when there were the very strict COVID rules, now that talking about shows coming back, what that's going to do for him. I don't know that he would want to peek behind the curtain that far, but I can, a girl can dream. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. I think that would be an interesting thing to look at, you know, and it's certainly, you know, producing the shows and putting the, you know, writing out the shows for him is different now because his partner in that, of course, was RJ. So, you know, he's kind of having to face this um, without him and you know when the multitude of times that he wanted to quit <laughs> um, you know with doing that because it's a lot of work I mean people don't you know the fans probably don't realize this but it's a ton of work to put a show together and um, you know RJ would always be saying no you got to do this you got to do it <laughs> so I think it would be a great yeah. interview to have with him and I think the fans would love it too mm-hmm. you know to kind of get a different uh, opinion from mm-hmm. from someone else who's backstage and, and kind of see how they've made it back through this real, really difficult year for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we can make it happen. Maybe. See. All right. Well, you know, he is the promoter, so yeah. uh, <laughs> you're trying yeah, you to the take right this one. I'm not calling any favors. So maybe you can work something. Yeah. Yeah, Kim. Kim? We can work something out. Have you met my friend Nicole? <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we want to, you know, that's why I told you, kind of giving you guys creatively, I wanted you to guys have your input and who you want to have on. Um, you know, again, we've talked about this. Live shows with fans are are probably going to be happening midsummer. that's the the target date that seems to keep coming up and of course the athletic commission is very much like we're not going to say yet we're not going to say yet but so it looks like we don't have an official word but um you know so there's going to be a couple more months we have to kind of push through to um produce some content to uh give to the people to get ready so we we got some time yeah, we can definitely commission clearly does not know what has to go into producing a show <laughs> The, yeah, you know, I guess they're thinking they can just say, "Hey, you guys can have a show next weekend." But you know, so <laughs> I think they've kind of what they've told when the word comes down, we'll be given like a thirty day notice. Because yeah. I've said that too, where I think like people are so kind of eager to get in front of a live mm-hmm. show. I really think we could we could probably with a week's time announce it and have a couple hundred people here because mm-hmm. I think people would definitely. just be ready. Yeah, well, yeah they're like definitely ready. Definitely people ready. are ready you know? to get back to normal and so to be entertained. I, I think that's kind of what they've said because I've asked them and they said, no, we wouldn't allow anything like that. When the word comes and you get the mm-hmm. go ahead, it'll probably be like, a, hey, you guys can start, you can promote your first show in 30 days. Right. So that way the, you know, the commission can have time to, um, you know, to, to schedule it and to schedule an inspector. And I do think um, I do think the first show or two is going to be a little weird yeah. back. Not Maybe not weird, but it's probably like everybody's going to be on eggshells. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and depending upon where we are, who knows where we are mm-hmm. 
three or four months down the road with like mask mandates in the state right. of Maryland. I mean, obviously, we're going to continue to follow state and local county guidelines, but who knows where they might be. Mm-hmm. Um, some states have opened up fully. Some states have gotten rid of the mask mandate. So I think all of that stuff will obviously come into play in how the commission's going to say you can you can schedule show in 30 days, and um, and obviously right. they'll give guidelines. But even if they get rid of the mask mandate, individual businesses can still leave it in place. <laughs> so which we've seen in some of right. the states that have opened up, you know, and um, I know that was one of the things that struck me watching WrestleMania the other week was the there were initially when like the show opened, it seemed like there weren't very many masks. And then it seemed like they were putting them on more um, as the camera would pan the crowd and so forth. So, you know, just because you they say you don't have to doesn't necessarily mean that you should. <laughs> so I just want to throw that out there. But, Dan, you've probably, as a promoter, never been so eager to give the Athletic Commission your money before, have you? <laughs> no, I'm ready. Um, exactly. Even, you know, we could talk about these issues of mass mandates and what we think. Um, but I, I'm I'm happy to do with whatever the guidelines are just to do this again mm-hmm. because I'm just like – just come on. Yeah, well, that's what um, I mean. Like, it didn't look like anybody was having a bad time in the crowd at WrestleMania because they were wearing a mask. I well, mean, and there, there you is know, this, there and that's is, the and, thing. And, there, and there's yeah. the added frustration of, from a, a point of what our, our governor says, Governor Hogan, mm-hmm. we could be doing a show right now. Oh, yeah. We, we could have one scheduled mm-hmm. now because he's lifted the indoor capacity, mm-hmm. you know, for venues and stuff like that. But we have to wait for the commission. Yeah. To get their guidelines, so it's that's the that's where like that added layer of frustration is like it's almost like exhausting. Like, oh come on, like because technically, we could if yeah. we were you know there could be like soccer games and stuff like that that can mm-hmm. be happening, but they're not sanctioned by the athletic commission. So we got this secondary layer of regulation, and the first layer, which was the most important, say the governor. They gave the okay to do this, but now we're still on hold right now. And that is – it's a little frustrating. Yeah. I mean, r- follow the rules. Obviously, we there's nothing we can do. We're regulated by the Athletic Commission. So if they say right now no, then it's no. But it doesn't make it any less frustrating that – come on. But I think the important f- thing is that even when you can't have the live shows, you're still putting out – content you're you know you do have flashback friday but then you have this which you know you're talking to people we have the road back where we're kind of peeling back the curtain on people uh, you know on the mcw folks um you know what they've done during the past so we're as a company you're trying to cover all angles you're trying to keep good fresh stuff out there and informative stuff out there um you know and so there's a selfish part of me that's like, I'm okay if shows don't start right away because then our show gets to keep going. Because yeah. <laughs> once the shows are back on, there's really not a road back. We're just back. Um, but, you know, like. One thing's for sure. Everyone will be seeing a lot more of Kim and myself. Okay. So Yeah, absolutely. Buckle up. <laughs> now, will you be at the Fan Fest that we have coming up on May 8th? We will. Yes, we, we will. We will be okay. there. All right. So, you know, that's a for those of our fans that don't know yet, you know, it's a limited engagement. Um, we have Zach, uh, Zach Ryder uh, coming in to do an autograph signing. Um, you know, there are a limited number of tickets still remaining for that. Um, we have a lot of great things planned for that day. And that's, you know, kind of as we're getting closer, like Dan mentioned, to having these live events, you know, we are able to have fans in the in the building. We just can't actually have a match, you know, and put on shows. But we have lots of other things we can do. 
So, um, you know, if you have not gotten your tickets yet for May 8th for the Fan Fest, you can check that out at our website, um, mcwwrestling.com. And, um, you know, so maybe some of your fans will come just to see the two of you. And I think another thing, too, since we're rebuilding and we know the things we want to tweak, people who watch that first episode, people that will see the three that follow, Mm -hmm. tell us. Tell us, yeah, give you us know, because feedback. we know what we want to change, but maybe we're not even seeing something else. Mm-hmm. So, like, we, uh, we're we hopeful that people get on board, that people like, you know, what we do. And we certainly want to build from, you know, what aired last week. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there'll be another one out on Thursday. So um, we're excited and we can only get better. Yeah, absolutely. Continue to support us and we'll be bringing you the best content. All right. That's right. great. Very good. Another good episode. Mm-hmm. Again, condolences to Larry and his family. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, sorry uh, thanks be for here. coming in, guys. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Oh, wow, and you, we you do guys have a are lot. a team. <laughs> wow. It was great to see you again. No, I'm, almost, I'm almost feeling hurt. I've been replaced. You have been replaced <laughs> by a younger <laughs> model. <laughs> wow. All right. You're still well, just as beautiful, Tara. Oh, thank you, Brandy. I paid her to see you. the guest you wanted, I'll make sure that happens. But thank you all for joining us. If you have any Anything that you want to comment to us, remember to hashtag AskMCWCast. Check us out on social media and everywhere that you can listen to podcasts.